RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Heatwave Val and Beans. I was having a conversation yesterday about this. Did you ever in your life, I know we're young, but have you ever seen pavement bubble because of the heat or or, or asphalt ever? Uh, the ass, I've never seen asphalt bubble, but I have, but all the tar in between, you know how when new asphalt is put down as patchwork, they will line it. They will line the the perimeter of that new patch with tar. Yeah, that that always liquefies over here. Like if, you, if you step in it, you're taking it with you. I have never in my life seen that. Never once. Never. And I've lived in the same place as you. I don't know. But but you're talking about the asphalt itself. No, the tar is probably more likely, and I'm probably just misunderstanding what the person. Well, the, the, the asphalt does does soften. I mean, if you do like, for example, I had my driveway done. Two years ago now, it was the, the about a month before Aurora was born. Yes. And still to this day, if it's a hot day and I find myself with an hour that I can actually give to myself and go outside and put a put a chair out and just, you know, lay in the sun in the uh, in the driveway, even in 45 minutes, I pull that chair away and there is four knobs indented in the driveway. It's still to this day. Now I'm. Up. You've just you've invoked a childhood memory long repressed of the kickstand from oh. my bike. Yep. Now yeah. I remember. Me. That would do it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I take it all back. I've seen it before. My bad. <laughs> it softens up for sure. I guess that's why you have to keep sealing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's very hot there in New York. I know yesterday I was talking to my father-in-law and he was saying how hot it was up there. We might have you beat, he said, but you didn't. Um and and it's also ridiculously hot in England. I heard. Uh, listen, hot in England, the drought in the West. Uh, there's fires in France. It's hot, hot, hot. Joe Biden might be preparing COVID style um, um, environmental shutdowns and things like that. All I say, all I'm going to say is this, and I said it last night. We know that we have on a military level. We have weaponized cloud seeding since mm. the 1960s. We yep. have weaponized it in the 1960s. Yep. We would we would either flood certain places in in uh, in Asia for during with Operation Popeye, or we would take rain away from Castro and his his sugar crops. So we know how to starve a person of water. Or I mean, the Chinese, the um, the the Russians, they have all very publicly used cloud seeding technology to make sure that very important uh, cultural celebrations and sports competitions have been um, have been free from invasive weather. So and we've always talked about if you can cut and you can cut down and dilute any of the strength of these incoming storms. Why are we always so open to devastating uh, life, life threatening hurricanes? So I just, you know, seen a few storms. You know, what's crazy is that years ago I went into the CIA reading room because nobody believed it. It was Harvey, I believe, where people were picking up um, on the radar, like the hurricane weather channels. I think one of them was um, Dutch since 
who was looking into this and finding because harp is like a big deal. People talk about harp all the time. And he was picking up all of this weirdness with the storm. And I said, if you think for a second that this stuff is all cuckoo crazy, here's documents from documented CIA programs where they have manipulated hurricanes. They have seeded clouds. Here's all the documentation. I did a whole video on it. There, uh, I would I would recommend that people go and check out my good buddy, Jim Lee. And Jim Lee made a, uh, a couple of websites, climateviewer.com, but also weathermodificationhistory.com. Mm. And on weather, weathermodificationhistory.com, he created a timeline that starts in the 19th century of, of weather seeding. See, yeah. so, all right. So anytime that there's a weird hurricane that does odd things that hurricanes never usually do, which seems to happen once every few years now, I I always jump to well somebody doesn't like us this month. I always I always do. Um, it, it's just it, this is this just makes perfect sense given what they're doing. It just it's perfect sense. The fact that all of a sudden it's the hottest ever in all these places and the fires are in the and the droughts conveniently in the middle. They said that there's going to make it's going to make about two hundred fifty thousand acres of vital farmland in California unusable this year now in a, in a time where we're already starting to feel the squeeze on food supplies and these processing plants going up in flames and everything, all the, uh, all the birds, the tens of millions of birds that have to be culled because they popped up positive on a PCR test. (laughs) It's, it's really, it's, it's, listen, it's nothing more than just convenience. Oh my gosh, this would be such a great time to tell everybody to go over to our mutual sponsor that we're not supposed to tell people to go over on the podcast called bluemonsterprep.com. Just saying, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, get everything you need. Just do it. Good enough myself. I'm getting in I, so much trouble. <laughs> who who will they commission? I wonder. If anybody, anybody I know they'll split it between us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought it up, so you get it. No, no, no. We'll split it. It'll be fair that way. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So um on on the same vein as the you know Joe Biden coming out and talking about the uh climate stuff um and how there's a climate war or climate crisis he's going to say that and before we get into that um just so everybody knows I've heard from our very close fans that are coming to the extravaganza in in a month Frank in a month uh-huh. that they had no idea we were going on hiatus for a week or so I actually to be honest I didn't either until you told me today <laughs> I I've said it every show. What is going on? I don't know. You know what? I understand because people, whenever I take one day off, I'll usually announce it for weeks ahead of time with quite frankly, and I'll get, I'll get very concerned. I'll get a, I'll get dozens of concerned emails. As Frank, it's seven o'clock. You're not on. Is everything okay? Oh, that's because people love you. It is very sweet. Well, they bring you into their living room every day at seven o'clock, you know? I know. I Which I think is so awesome. There's there's certain things I listen to every day, and when it's not there, I'm like, damn, that sucks. But yeah, so Friday show will not be live, or we won't have. I'm going to sneeze. Friday show won't be here. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of next week won't be here. So I I was encouraging the locals pre-show folks to go and listen to some of our interviews that we've done, like with Cash Patel, Doctor McCullough. Dr. Zelenko, who sadly has passed on his interview with something else. Remember when he equated the federal government being on their knees and giving? Yes, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah. So go do that stuff. But this is a weird story that came out, Frank. Um, hold on. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze. It's right there. It's right there. OK. Right. 
um, how the title of the story is. It's from the Daily Beast. Are you, are you ready for this? Sure. How an unqualified sex worker allegedly infiltrated a top Air Force lab. Wait, are, are they unqualified in offering sex work? Apparently, they were very good at that part of their job. Oh, okay. So they're unqualified to get into the laboratory. Yeah, like so they should have said a sex worker gained unauthorized access to a laboratory. What's the Daily Beast, Frank? I know because it's, it makes me think like a person who was very bad at being a whore <laughs> found a way into this lab. No, a senior research scientist working on advanced propulsion technologies for the U.S. Air Force duped a contractor into hiring an unqualified sex worker. There, there it goes again. He had paid using a government charge card because he thought she was, quote, really hot, according to the feds. The man then allegedly threatened to kill the sex worker's supervisor and himself when the scheme fell apart, but not before shifting the bulk of the project's funding elsewhere to pay for her salary at a different defense firm. He lied about her resume. Apparently, she didn't know how to use basic word processing software and struggled to formulate coherent inter-office emails. (laughs) He, this guy tapped the woman to co-chair a scientific panel for unsuspecting photonics researchers designing turbine engines, detonation engines, scramjets, and rockets. Now, the guy whose last name was Gord died last September. Nobody's saying how. They're not, they're not releasing the name of the woman. Um, but this is the, 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 the paragraph that really, really got me. Um, hold on, wait. Good fit, hired her. Here we go. Wasn't timely. With her expenses, didn't fully understand how to use basic software. Okay. Roy then confronted Gord, Roy's a supervisor, who came clean and disclosed that she was a prostitute he met in Cincinnati. Gord allegedly told Roy that he kept an Excel spreadsheet on his government-issued laptop with the names and details of various sex workers around the country he saw while on official trips for the Air Force. He didn't want his wife or kids to know about his relationships with these women and took out cash advances against his government travel card so the family finances were not visibly affected. Yet Gord, who allegedly told Roy he paid the woman 400 an hour for her services, wow. claimed to be in love with her and said she felt the same. Still, listen to this. The woman engaged in acts of prostitution around Wright-Patterson with other scientists from the Air Force Research Laboratory. Jeez. One and all the science, all the science. First of all, Wright Patterson is the uh, the the Air Force base that they have allegedly brought all the alien bodies from Area Fifty from uh, the Roswell crash. Well, that's where the bodies went. So one of these scientists identified in the following only as Doctor I K paid the woman approximately twenty thousand dollars a year to clean his residence in the nude and then perform oral sex on him. Hmm. This that's, woman that's, is that's that that sounds great. And can I segue quick, because this is not where I thought we were going to go, but um, we're going here. My husband sent me an article he saw on. The Did New- any of the guys out there think that that, was, that sounded bad? Not the prostitute part, but the house was cleaned in the nude. And then you were that that you were the, the cherry on top. That's That sounds great. No, I will do that for twenty thousand dollars a year as well. Anybody <laughs> will if you <laughs> will, if you have twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> You got yourself a maid. <laughs> I'm doing it anyway. Might as well just take my clothes off while I do. Okay. I bought my husband. The title of the story at the New York Post that Will sent me is I bought my husband a sex doll that looks just like me. Now we have threesomes. Okay. Oh, I saw this. 
And the sex doll doesn't look anything like her. First of all, she has no boobs. And the sex doll has massive boobs. Yes. And they're they're in this video together, brushing the doll's hair, holding its hand, which is very weird looking. It's just it's very the the feet look weird. They look like cartoon feet. Yes. It is very strange. So I I, I was intrigued by this for some reason, Frank. And I started digging because they're making a living on OnlyFans. Yeah, and that's the other thing I didn't understand why the New York Post would put this out there and pretty much advertise their OnlyFans because it was a it was a huge it was a one page advertisement at the end. It's very strange. So I I looked into her and I looked at her. I found her like link tree for sex workers, I guess. And I found her TikTok and I started looking through her TikTok. Apparently she got a nose job, all kinds of other stuff. Right. And then I clicked on the link to her Twitter. And this is what got me. Front and center pinned tweet is a pornographic video with no censorship at all. No blurring, nothing of her having sex with her boyfriend on Twitter. So that is fine, but I'm not allowed. I'm very dangerous. Oh, I, this you have no clue. Um, I, I sometimes come up, come upon this stuff, too, because what I'll do. It's fine. Whatever. But when I get here, uh, sometimes I'll look into the comments every once in a while when there are um, dissenting comments that come my way, because, of course, there's no uh, there's there's no crossing over of audiences. Jeez, I guess. What are they right in the stairwell? (laughs) Hold on a second. This is hysterical. Yeah, there's no crossing over of audience. He was going to. They're making $80,000 a month on only for 80,000 a month. I I beg. I I can't even. I guess you know what? There's a market. I don't know. This is crazy. But this is what I'm saying. A lot of those dissenting tweets, whenever I my tweets do break through to the other side and people that don't agree with me actually see it, I'll sometimes click through the kinds of um the accounts that are are commenting cuz I like I like gauging how many of them are non-human. Um and so many of them are porn accounts and so many of them have those same kind of pinned tweets. They are just completely exposed. It's just right out there in the open. And these accounts are at least five years old each. Yeah. And there's no issue with it. There's no banning. There's no strikes. Por- pornography. And, and you know what the worst thing is? Years ago, I actually caught one where there was a little baby in the background, a little girl. She was probably two or three. And her the, the couple that she's with I don't know who they are to her are doing it right in front of her and I went nuts I reported it all over the place I got everybody to come and report it like we reported it to the um the sex trafficking hotline we did all kind we filed a report with the government we did all kinds of crap but that stuff is all over Twitter it's everywhere just blatant sex but the news is dangerous very dangerous Frank can't have you cannot you cannot question the election results, but no. that's fine. Right. All right. So we're going to move on to um, Bannon. Bannon, Bannon, Bannon. Do you know anything about what's going on in this case at all? No, I knew that it was coming on Monday. OK, that's well, it. All right. So I'll give a quick history of what what happened during the, the time back when they subpoenaed him, which I think was last w- fall, winter. Um. Donald Trump has sent a letter invoking executive privilege. So Bannon's attorney, Robert Costello, was going back and forth with the committee trying to work out how Bannon could testify without 
breaking the privilege that was asserted. And they were going back and forth about this. They had set some dates that had come and gone because they hadn't come to consensus. And Costello had advised Bannon not to testify against the privilege. So the lawyer told him, you're not going to be able to testify, especially about this, this, this and this that they want unless we can work something out with them. And in the midst of that negotiation, they sent a criminal referral over to the DOJ to have Bannon arrested for criminal contempt. So it wasn't like he just looked at them and said, we're not doing this. Forget you. It was an active negotiation ongoing. So fast forward, all the crazy stuff happens with the attorney being spied on by the government, all kinds of crazy other stuff. And now we're getting to the point where the trial's coming and they're trying to determine what evidence can be put in and what evidence can't be used. And the, the judge rules last week or the week before, I forget which week it was, that it was last week, that Bannon is not allowed to talk about whether or not the committee is legitimate because it's not. He's not allowed to argue that they were um, anything about the privilege at all, which is the whole reason he wasn't testifying. And there was one other thing that the judge said was not allowed. And this was a motion brought by the prosecution to stop him from being able to use those things in his defense. And so his then there was another part that nobody's really talking about where his attorney, Costello, asked to be removed from the case because there was a chance that he would need to testify on behalf of his client because he was the one who told his client not to testify in the first place. So basically taking the guilt off of Bannon and saying, well, I, as his counsel, advised him not to testify, not to testify in front of the committee until we could work through the issues. The judge was not going to let that happen either. But Costello stepped down anyway, just in case. So he had to bring in a whole new team of attorneys. These new attorneys walked out of the hearing where the judge decided that there was basically no defense that Bannon could raise at all. <laughs> like, what else is he going to say? I mean, they removed everything from him. And the attorney was like, well, why are we even having a trial at this point? Like, I can't defend him. Yeah. So then the the um, yesterday before they were doing jury selection uh, there's an account on Truth Social that covered the Sussman case called Real Toria Brooke. It's I'm going to pull it up real quick. The the real Toria Brooke, the real Toria Brooke. Now, I don't know this person at all. I'm just putting this out here. But the Sussman trial, she was there live, live truthing from the Sussman trial. She did a fantastic job and she's doing it again with this this trial. She's there in the media room live truthing what's going on. And she has a juror profile um, section where she it's because she sat through jury selection. So we know what the juror, what the jury pool looks like. And it's all a bunch of people who said, no, there's no bias. There's no prejudice. Eh. I, I, I highly doubt it. Absolutely lies. So they do the jury selection. They're almost through getting their their jury impaneled. And the government says we would like to enter into evidence these letters from the committee to Bannon. And the letters are from like the chair of the committee and other people in the committee. And the letters specifically talk about the things that the prosecution had just asked the judge to not allow Bannon to use as a defense. Right. So Bannon's sitting there like, well, wait a second. You can't have, first of all, you can't have this come in and I can't cross examine the people who said those things. Right. Because if you're putting a letter into evidence, it's technically hearsay and Bannon should have the ability to cross-examine the people who wrote the letter. If you put the letter in without that ability, then he doesn't have the right to face his accuser or to cross-examine a witness. So he was arguing that that's unfair if, if and it's complicated, but the committee members invoked something called the speech and debate clause, 
which bars it gives them basically blanket immunity to not have to go in to testify in a case. Okay. So so so, so again, like everything else, this is just a matter of how how do you make something happen without, but but also you want to do something that is um, provocative and public, but it can't go too far either. Right. So God forbid these people have to answer cross examination. Yeah. I mean, can you, so what they have is a bunch of like figureheads in there. So the first witness yesterday was the attorney, one of the lead attorneys for the committee who just harped all over how violent and bloody the day was. And, you know, all the nonsense. I know the Capitol Police were monsters. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so the judge granted the motion that the, the committee members not have to come in and testify. He also, um, it's interesting too, because remember when, I don't know if you know this, but Kevin McCarthy entered a brief in support of Bannon from the house minority, alleging that the committee wasn't even like a legitimate committee, that they didn't have subpoena power at all, which is why the judge barred them from being able to talk about whether or not the committee was legitimate. Um, well, how could it be? And how could anything be legitimate if there's no cross-examination? Well, Two different things. You're right. First of all, on the case, this is a show trial and and the judge is a Trump appointed judge. So let's put that all aside. This judge seemed like until yesterday, he was absolutely asleep until yesterday when all this stuff started happening. And then he was like, I didn't rule that they couldn't. It was just it was a clown show. Bring in the Rittenhouse judge, please. I seriously I know. Long story short, we're at the point now where the letters can be admitted Bannon is all of a sudden now allowed to argue um, that they were in the midst of negotiations. He's allowed to argue some things that he wasn't going to be allowed to argue before. His attorney said, can we please continue this trial, like meaning postpone it now, because we didn't think we were preparing a defense for any of this because you told us we weren't allowed. So now we don't have anything planned in terms of questioning or anything like that. And the judge was basically like, we'll take a break for an hour and you guys sort it out. So. Gosh. So Bannon, which with his lawyer standing right next to him, because I think he just knows that he's going to be guilty. I mean, there's no like he has not. He's not under any, you know, false pretenses that he'll actually win this. He's outside the courtroom at a press conference here. Have the courage to come to this courthouse. If he's going to charge somebody with a crime. He's going to be man enough to show up here or send somebody like Shifty Schiff or Fang Fang Swalwell. Or send Liz Cheney, send somebody in the committee that has the guts to come here and accuse somebody of a crime. It is outrageous. And for them to sit there and try to get a complete hearing and they won't bring in any testimony, any testimony about FBI involvement, any testimony about DHS involvement, any testimony about any other involvement and what's driving this. The total and complete illegitimacy of Joe Biden. Trump won. Joe Biden illegitimate. 50% of the American people believe that today, and they believe that not from hearing from mainstream media, from our great colleagues in the media, because they won't show any of it. That information has been suppressed from day one, but almost 50% of the American people believe it. You can't govern this country if you're not looking as legitimate. This is what- he just basically goes on for like another gosh knows how long. Good this, for him. I, I mean, but he's in the middle of this lawsuit, so you know now at this point. There's just no way he thinks he's he's getting out of it because why? Why not throw balls to the wall at that point if you think you're going to be found guilty by the jury anyway? So what, what does this mean? Is it going to be, uh, you know, 30 days in jail for contempt? It's it's 30 days to a year for each charge. There's two of them. Jeez. And, you know, I, I 
I mean, there hasn't been anybody put in jail since like the the Red Scare back in what year was that? Goodness, who knows? 50s. Yeah, something like that. There were like 10 people that refused to testify the, to the committee that were thrown in jail for it. But that's the last time it's happened. I mean, we could go through all the hypocrisy, but, um, you, you know, the judge apparently dismissed a bunch of jurors himself for bias. So anyway, if you want to follow um, the case, I think Viva Fry is doing it for Post Millennial. So he's got a bunch of videos up there. They're always good. He's he's brilliant. I love listening to him um, for the legal analysis. And um, there's a couple other people covering it, too. But I'll be watching it until I don't anymore because I'm going on vacation. Wow. I don't know where to watch it anyway. This is the first update I've gotten. Well, I'm all over it. And you know what? What's crazy? It's not crazy. It just happens in courts now. I said it the other day when I was doing the solo show because I screwed up on the schedule that you can't get an you can't get an honest trial anymore. Like unless you're in a place like Kenosha. It, it, I know we got we got we got to we got to transport that judge all around the country. Yes, come in like a like a ringer just so we know we have a, a decently sane man. And again, I've been like obsessed with watching these interrogation videos lately just to get an idea of like how this all works. I'm just going to tell everybody out there in case you didn't know whether you are innocent, volunteering information or guilty. Never speak to law enforcement without an attorney present ever, ever. Don't do it. It'll be the end of you. Don't do it. Back to climate change. Back to Back to climate change? Yeah, because the climate emergency was something we started with and then just completely veered off topic. Well, I mean, what, what else is there to say about that? Well, it's hot in the summer. Now, supposedly, it's never been hotter and everybody's burning up. And uh, and now the government needs to step in because they're very good at everything. The government is so good at everything. They can't even keep the streets, the, cre- the streets from cratering in, in New York City. I saw that in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, a huge sinkhole opened up in the Bronx, swallowed up a bunch of cars. Yeah, but they're going to turn down the thermostat of the of the of the, of the planet, though. <laughs> the the you know what sucks though, honestly, the people in England they don't have ACs in England. They don't have them. I didn't know. What do you mean they don't have? They're them? never warm in England like that. Apparently, they don't have ACs there. That's what a friend of a friend said. Even in summertime, even whatever the hell their summertime looks <laughs> like, see. they don't. Let me see. Let's look it up. What is summertime like in the UK? That's impossible. That there's no there's no air conditioning in the UK. There's probably air conditioning in R- Rwanda. Yes. Um, it's anywhere between 59 and 77. At the height of summer? Yes. 59 and 77 degrees Fahrenheit? Yes. I know they, they have yes. the other system. Yeah, 15 to 25 Celsius, 59 to 77 Fahrenheit. And now I'd say that they're freaking out because it's it's like 40 Celsius. It says here, the uh, although UK w- weather is unpredictable, it's rarely extreme. In summer, the average temperature ranges from 9 to 18 degrees Celsius or 48 to 64 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's cold there, so they don't need ACs. Just saying. That's what they say. Well, good for them. So there's a website now that has started up that calls out stars for their private jet usage as they claim to be for climate change and, or, you know, climate advocates. So like, for example, Steven Spielberg, 
Steven Spielberg takes a, you know, a, a 10 minute flight to, to, to go. What would, what would take 36 minutes to drive? And he sits out there yelling at everybody about climate change. They really take 10 minute flights or is that just a. Oh, oh no, no, for real. It's, it's in here. Like they, they, they're tracking them 17 minutes after saying I'm terrified of global warning 17 minutes. So that's a, like literally 10 minutes in, in flight. A 10 minute flight means like it was only a 40 minute drive. Yes. His 28 mile trip from Amsterdam airport to Rotterdam airport would have taken him just 36 minutes by car. The well, flight. Yeah. It, it, listen, it, it, it all, once your trust is broken in what they say they're trying to do, then it all makes sense. Jay Z and Beyonce 47 minute trip goes against their green print project. And uh, Drake, we've got Drake 18 minutes across Canada after re- launching partnership to reduce carbon footprint. Mark Wahlberg, nine minute flight across California. Nine minutes. Is Mark Wahlberg a big climate change guy? Um, so I thought he was I, I, I thought he was one of the I don't know. It says Hollywood superstar Mark Wahlberg completely switched up his diet in 2020 to a, a plant based diet after years of eating huge amounts of animal products. He said he felt really good for the change and advocated for the removal of meat from his diet or, or advocated the removal of meat from his diet for the improvement. He starred in M. Night Shyamalan's climate change thriller, The Happening. That was a climate change thriller? I didn't know that. Stupid movie. Kim Kardashian, 10 minute trip on her $150 million private jet. God, I hate these people. Yeah. Well, so they're hypocrites, all of them. Yes, they are. Um, oh, can we talk about this new this? It, I guess it's not even new, but this Dr. Burke's novel. Is this where all these headlines have been coming from where she I Because I saw Dr. Burke's back in the the news suddenly talking uh, advising people to hide data about shots. Is that where this came from? Or okay. did she do an interview recently? No, it's from a it's from a book um, that she wrote. <laughs> But that's not what I I haven't heard anything about the shots. What I've seen is that she literally she literally altered numbers that she provided to the White House to make the case for lockdowns. And she knew she would have to lie about it if she really were to get what she wanted. Like she literally lied and disobeyed direct orders to do what she wanted to do. Here, here's a quote. We had to make the lockdowns palatable to the administration by avoiding the obvious appearance of a full Italian lockdown. At the same time, we needed the measures to be effective at slowing the spread, which meant matching as closely as possible what Italy had done, a tall order. We were playing a game of chess in which the success of each move was predicated on the one before it. At this point, I wasn't about to use the words lockdown or shutdown. If I had uttered either of those in early March after being at the White House only one week, the political non-medical members of the task force would have dismissed me as too alarmist, too doom and gloom, too reliant on feelings and not facts. They would have campaigned to lock me down and shut me up. 15 days to slow the spread was a start, but I knew it would be just that. I just didn't have the numbers in front of me yet to make the case for extending it longer, but I had two weeks to get them. However hard it had been to get the 15-day shutdown approved, getting another one would be more difficult by many orders of magnitude. And she altered numbers to... to, to, See, this is a person who should be... uh, Criminal. Brought in in for for her trial date. She, she says this, um, I had settled on, 
you know how they were trying to determine how many people can be in the room with you at any given time for dinner, right? A holiday. Yeah. She yeah, said, "This is why she had to. This is why she had to uh, uh, resign because she was caught doing parties and stuff. What, wasn't yeah, that what it was? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm, yes." She says, I had settled on 10, knowing that even that was too many, but I figured it would at least be pal- palatable for, for most Americans. High enough to allow for most gatherings of immediate family, but not enough for large dinner parties and large weddings, birthday parties and other mass social events. So she knew that 10 wasn't good enough anyway, but she knew she couldn't get away with three. So she had to go with 10. So there was really no basis, in fact, for any of this. If she's willing to make the sacrifice to 10, knowing that it's still, quote, dangerous. She says, if I pushed for zero, which is actually what I wanted and was required, this would have been interpreted as a lockdown. The perception we were all working so hard to avoid. <laughs> I determined 10 seats because uh, I determined. What was your de- what was the determination based on? Oh, it wasn't too large, but it wasn't too small. Wow. <laughs> the, you are just a titan. The Jeffrey, are- Jeffrey Tucker wrote this article. It's really good. I'll put it in the show notes. The bulk of her book is a brag fest about how she kept subverting the White House's push to open the economy. That is, allow people to exercise their rights and freedoms. Once Trump turns against her and eventually found other people to provide good advice, like the tremendously brave Scott Atlas, five months later, he arrived in an attempt to save the country from disaster. Burks turned to rallying around her inner circle, which was Fauci, Redfield, Pottinger, and a few others, um, and Sanjay Gupta and the New York Times. After, this is what she says about the documents that they edited to, to, to use for their tyrannical plan to destroy the country. After the heavily edited documents were returned to me, I'd reinsert what they had objected to, but place it in, in different locations. I'd reorder and restructure the bullet points so the most salient, the points the administration objected to most, no longer fell at the start. I shared these strategies with the three members of the data team also writing these reports. Our Saturday and Sunday report writing routines soon became... Write, submit, revise, hide, resubmit. Fortunately, this strategic sleight of hand worked. That they never seemed to catch this subterfuge left me to conclude that either they read the finished reports too quickly or they neglected to do the word search that would have revealed the language to which they objected. In slipping these changes past the gatekeepers and continuing to inform the governors of the need for big three mitigations, I felt confident I was giving the states permission to escalate public health mitigation with the fall and winter coming. Can you believe she wrote that down in black? Can you? You can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things when you feel very, very protected. I think about all the things that Anthony Fauci said, not not writing it down, but in front of television cameras. If you if you criticize me, you're criticizing the science. I mean, these are these are people who know that they have friends. They there. They know that they have friends. They know that they're insulated. It's the only reason why they could be so comfortable and so daring to put this out there. And um, it's actually a part of their it's actually a part of their defense strategy, because if they're not hiding anything, then most people uh, see that confidence as a sign of they are. Hey, they're being forthright and they, they're doing what they think is right. And they are a public servant and they have our best interest in mind. This, this is why almost everybody that commits terrible crimes in the last 10 years in government leaves, writes a book or becomes an anal- an analysis uh, analyst on uh, CNN or MSNBC. Well, like Glenn, Glenn Fritch and uh, Simpson. Oh, all of them. Peter Fritch and Simpson. Yeah, all of them. James yeah. Comey wrote a book. Yep. Clapper wrote a book. Uh, Brennan, they all became analysts. Everybody. Samantha Power just went right back. In. You saw Samantha Power went right back in. 
and is um, is trying to send a, a billion or something dollars to Africa for. I'm thinking to myself, this woman with the unmasking, she I, I, I can't believe that they're just, they're just right back in the game, steering billions of dollars of our money. I just I like this whole thing. And apparently Scott Atlas was like her arch nemesis because he came in saying the opposite of everything she was saying, which ended up being right. Zelenko had a big problem with um, what's his name? I think it was Redfield. He was calling him out until the day that he passed away. He had all this proof. I think it was him. Anyway, I'll put this article in the show notes. I couldn't believe what I was actually reading. Um, It was just it was insane. Um, We're going to jump back, actually. Well, there's more climate stuff here. Um, Let's go to Biden's health. Let's start there. How's that? What health? (laughs) Ronnie Jackson. Dr. Ronnie Jackson was Trump's doctor. He's now congressman or candidate anyway. Again, he did an interview on Maria Bartiromo that the White House is covering up all the cognitive issues that Biden is having. And he doesn't think he's going to make it the full term. Well, I mean, Congressman, there were signs that Joe Biden was declining during the 2020 campaign. I mean, let's face it. He stayed in the basement the whole time during during the campaign. Um, So who knew what when? Are they hiding this and and feeding him drugs to, to, to allow him to function? I know he goes home to Delaware a lot more than any other president. So I guess my question is, what did Obama know? What did Jill Biden know? And who's running the White House right now? And are they covering up for these uh, mental uh, issues? Well, that's the big question everybody's asking. Who's really pulling the strings? Who's running the country right now? We don't really know the answer to that. We don't know if it's Susan Ross or Ron Klain or if it's Jill Biden or who it is. But somebody else is doing this. They're doing exactly what you said. They're rolling him out at specific times during the day. He's got good days and bad days. Good, uh, you know, and and whether or not they have him on drugs, I don't know. There are drugs out there that can increase your alertness and your memory and things of that nature, you know, and cover stuff like this up temporarily. So I'm sure some of that's going on as well. But we don't know because his physician hasn't stood up and took the questions that I took when I was Trump's position and answered those questions with regards to the Obama administration and who should have done something about it. They saw him every day and they stayed in close contact with him. I'm sure after uh, the administration, after the Obama Biden administration was over, somebody should have done something. But Maria, I think that they were so blinded by the fact that if Joe Biden came into office, they were going to be able to populate the entire West Wing with Obama folks. And that actually happened. Initially, there were a ton of Obama folks in the West Wing and we have Susan Rice running domestic policy right now. So I think that they thought that the uh, the risk was worth it to get their people back into the West Wing. And they they just ignored the fact that this man had some serious cognitive issues. And now they're going to have to answer why, because it's getting worse wow. and it's unsustainable at this particular point. See, you know, see exactly. but there's a bigger problem there. There's a bigger problem there. Everybody saw. I mean, he was biting Jill's fingers on, on the <laughs> campaign. Everybody saw that he was this bad uh, during 2020. What was what was supposedly a campaign year where he did not campaign? He was managed from his basement. He was uh, he, his entire campaign was was produced by the the video editing department at CNN. He did not do anything, so, and everybody saw this. Whenever he made statements, he was stumbling all over the place. He could not manage himself, and that is why he had less enthusiasm behind him than uh, Hillary Clinton no. had behind her in 2016. Over 80 million people voted for Joe Biden, Frank. I know. I know that's what we're supposed to believe. But that that's the underlying that's the underlying um reality of what he's saying right there too. Of course he's not picking that up because he's very specifically 
honing in on the the medical crisis that this man lives in constantly. But th- this is how this has always been the case. Everybody saw it. Mm. So I, I just don't understand. Um, it's just, you that's know, just incredible. I, I mean, he, he goes on in that clip to talk a little bit more, but it, it's just. Was this interview before or after he got that scathing email from Obama, he said? No, he got that scathing email from Obama back during the the campaign. Oh, okay. Let's let's listen to the rest here. Hold on. In fact, there's a famous interview, which we ran a couple of weeks ago. We'll run it again in the coming weeks. It's a President Obama talking to Stephen Colbert and he's saying what 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 I would love the most is if I'm in uh, I'm in my basement uh, with my sweats on and I am just directing whoever is there and they can carry out my orders. Basically, that's exactly what he did. Uh, that, that's what he set yeah. up. Now, you you put out a tweet uh, and you say that he will not Biden will not finish his term uh, and you say that uh, he should resign. Tell me about this. Should and will are two different things. How do you see this playing out? Well, I think you will. And and I, and I say that because I just don't see this getting any better. This is, uh, you know, all of these issues we talked about with cognitive decline related to age, they 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 get worse, not better with time. And this is going to continue to get worse and they're going to have to do something about it. Now, I don't know if they'll go so far as to enact the 25th Amendment or to uh, talk him into resigning based on this cognitive issue and admit that they were wrong about that. But there are other ways that they could get rid of him. And I see them looking the other way while some of this uh, some of this Hunter Biden stuff blows up and maybe just letting him fall on his sword like that. His party's already slowly starting to abandon him and run away from him because of his polling and because of his uh, his cognitive issues and and the embarrassment that he's become for the party. And I think that they will look for opportunity to throw him under the bus in the next few years and try to or in the next few months and try to get rid of him, because I know that I think that they also know he cannot make it to the end of this term in 2024. That's a Think about that for a second. That's another two years from now. I, I know. And I. See, what he's saying is very, that's a very big statement. And to say with the kind of certainty that a man with his medical background is speaking from is also highly significant. At the same time, we, up until the day that he was given the nomination, I didn't believe it was going to happen. And then I didn't believe it was going to happen until the day of his first, I think, I didn't think he was going to make it to the first debate. I did not think that he was going to be the person on the ballot. I didn't think that, I, I just, I don't know. It's we're already here at the midterms. Can he make it another two years? Can they actually Frankenstein him along for two more years? He's shaking invisible hands everywhere he goes, Frank. I know. I know. It's 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 really disturbing. It's not even a case that we don't like. He the fact that they they would criticize President Trump, like barely even scuffling at the bottom of a very slippery and steep ramp. After he had just shaken the hands of like a thousand people and say he needed to retire because he was unsteady on his feet or he needed to resign and then allow Joe Biden to fall off of bicycles, which, by the way, has become a viral trend. Have you seen this? Yes. Yes. Joe fell here. Yeah. There's, I, yeah. There's a thing on the Google Maps now. They're calling it Brandon Falls at that very juncture. <laughs> They created a virtual store there on Google Maps. There's a store that says, let's go, Brandon, that supposedly exists at that location to sell memorabilia. And there are literal reviews on Google reviews. Wow. It's it's become a thing. And so everybody's calling it Bidening now. I saw pictures of uh, of like uh, little kids. 
that just splay themselves all around their, their driveway over on their bikes. And they're just laying there as if they just fallen flat on their asses. There's adults and, doing it too. Yeah, I know. I think, I think it's, I think the teamwork is great. It's family, family stuff. <laughs> um, let's move on to virus stuff. We've got two of them. We've got monkeypox, which is apparently now I, as of yesterday, it was the epicenter was New York city. Now the epicenter is DC with people just lining up by the, by the, I mean, people are lining up all the way down the block around the corner to get this vaccine. Um, if it were me and I was in a, a um, I wasn't in a monogamous relationship and I happen to be a gay individual who this is uh, affecting in large majority, I would just not have sex for a few months until it got under control. Or, yeah, or I, I would just not not go to a, a bathhouse. Yeah. And just get passed around. It, it's very simple. Just yeah. for a little while. They're saying we are not going to be able to stop this. It'll become endemic. We can stop it. Tell all of these people to stop having. You can't do it. You can't do that because that is the what we always get down to with identity. What really sets a gay person from a straight person, an American apart? They, they, they cannot just focus on what, what, why do they keep trying to drive us apart? Because they need to find the only thing that makes us different. And that is sexual preference. And if if sex is the only thing that makes us different, because all of our other interests are the same, we need to eat, we need to drink, we need to keep our our balances in our checking account, right? We have to pay our rent. We are all there's nothing else that sets us apart. To tell a gay person, you 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 should probably not go out there and have any kind of gay promiscuous sex for a little while would almost be like an affront to their identity in in, in a mainstream sense. Yeah. Because they hate well, anytime you have to identify somebody as gay, there needs to be some sort of flamboyant uh, sexual performance that is a part of their presence. The large majority of gay people in this country aren't like that. I know. I, I, that's on, I know. But as far as their programming and their promotion and, and the way that they program human perception in this country now from sociopolitical means it is all will and grace that's all it is yeah that's all this is constantly. So, so there's an article out for monkeypox patients excruciating symptoms and a struggle for care he's it starts out although he was covered with lesions it took four hours of phone calls and then five hours in a harlem emergency room for gabriel morales to be tested for the monkeypox virus earlier this month and that was just the beginning of his wait he was sent home and they they told him they'd call with this test results they never called him and then he said he was in excruciating pain, trying to find someone to give him pain medication. And he wanted an antiviral drug that is not approved for use for this at all, but apparently is being repurposed, which is OK to repurpose drugs when it's for this. But COVID, stay away from those horribly dangerous repurposed drugs that will save your life. Stay away from them. Very bad. Horse paste. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and. You know, they're, they're, this article goes on to talk about the difference between the elite privileged gay person and the, you know, um, more socioeconomically challenged gay person and why the care, the level of care is different. And they don't know how to pull strings the same way and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, it, it's just spreading. It's spreading everywhere, apparently, and only in this community, really. And then people that live like in the same house and share the same like sheets. I don't know how that happens, but whatevs. Um, 
You know what I got in the mail yesterday? I should just what? read it to you. I got a letter from my doctor and it says, hold on. We're sending you this because we think. Um, here we go. Okay. Dear Tracy, I'm reaching out today because our office is enrolling participants for a clinical trial that may interest you. Highlighted compensation for your time and travel will be provided. The purpose of this clinical trial is to assess the safety of an investigational vaccine aimed at protecting adults against pneumococcal disease, which is an illness caused by certain germs called streptococcus pneumae. (laughs) And basically it says these germs can cause serious infections. Vaccines help the body to fight infections due to diseases and may prevent serious illness, which is not the definition of a vaccine. That's a therapeutic. But hey, you know, we've changed the definition of vaccine. So what is your doctor? Yeah. He wants to ask you if you want to be a part of a vaccine trial. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The total. Does he know who you are? Apparently not. The total length of participation in this clinical trial is approximately six months. It includes up to two visits to this trial site and four brief communications via telephone or e-diary. That's all they need to, to, to test the safety of, of this new vaccine. That's probably mRNA based, but I got no information about that. Um, volunteers will have a screening visit to check whether they're eligible. If they're eligible and choose to participate, they'll come back one more time over the next six months. Clinical trial participants will given, be given one inj- injection in the upper arm. Compensation for time and travel will be provided. The trial staff will explain additional requirements and can answer any questions. Trial volunteers have the right to stop participating at any time and don't have to give a reason. Insurance isn't needed to join. I wonder what the compensation is. I don't know. I can find out. I mean, I've been I was saying to a friend of mine, like, maybe I'll just go through with it up until the point of the shot and then get cold feet just to see. Well, they're not going to get you. They're not going to give you compensation until you actually take the shot. I don't know. I think they I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll t- take one for the team, Frank. I'll take take one for the team for a for a hundred dollar gift card to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I'm not going to take the the vaccine, obviously. Oh, okay. I, I would never like. <laughs> I, I just opened the letter. I'm like, are they effing serious with this right now? Man. So apparently, they're testing out a new vaccine for bacterial pneumonia. Yeah, I don't know why they would ask me. I'm only going to be 42 on Saturday. I, I guess they don't. Do they not think that I'll make it through a, a pneumonia if I get one? God forbid. I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> Every, obviously, everything is a lot more serious than it ever used to be. Although yeah. pneumonia, you know, especially pneumonia was a, a big time killer before antibiotics. Well, you know, the problem is now that they give out antibiotics like candy. So we're getting drug resistant things real quick before we end the show today. I want to talk about Centaurus. The, okay. new, the new COVID variant, Frank Centaurus, which if we go by what you were saying in the beginning before the show started, kind of goes in line with what you were saying with the star charts for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I just wonder what's so special about this one. It's much more transmissible, but they can't tell us whether it's more deadly or not yet. But then why, why even bring it up if this supposedly the BA5 is the big one? Because there's been a few hundred cases spotted around the world. So it's very important that we know about it. Centaurus. I'm trying to figure out why they would name it that. Like, what's their real reason for naming it that and switching from the uh, Greek alphabet? Because it sounds catchy. What are we getting into with Centaurus? That is uh, Latin. Um, Greek, I believe. Is it Greek? Centaurus? Alpha Centauri? Is it Greek? Let's see. What is? 
Greek mythology. Well, it's a centaur is a Greek Greek mythology, but I but Centaurus. Centaurus is a constellation. That's first first of all. Let's see here. Latin uh, from Latin root Centaurus from ancient Greek Centauros. Centaur. Yeah, it's Cent- from the Latin Centaurus. Centaurus is the father of the race of mythological beasts known as the centaurs. Hmm. Yes, but it, it is a Latin root word. Yeah, but mythology is, is it real or is it a myth? You see, maybe they're trying to tell us there is no such thing as Centaurus. There probably was. You think there were centaurs running around? Probably. Huh. Maybe. I, I, you know, antediluvian, we're talking like pre-flood, who knows? <laughs> I, I believe, I believe well, giants, giants exist. We'll never know, Frank, because now anthropologists don't want to identify gender anymore. So. I know. We can't even figure out if somebody's a man or a woman. How the hell are we ever going to find a centaur? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, also, I don't know if you caught this, but Cognitive Carbon, the Substack, he's a, uh, he's a friend of mine, um, Eric. He helped me with all the data from that column that showed that COVID was probably here before they said it was. When I pulled all that CDC data, he he charted it for me. He's a brilliant guy. Oh. Anyway, there was apparently um, it's ready for it seems like it's ready for production at this point. He wrote a Substack article about a hydrogen energy source that this scientist that he knows has created. And like he's like a world renowned scientist. I'll put it I'll put it in the show notes. His name is um, Dr. Mills. It's called EPR. The International Journal of Hydrogen Energy published Dr. Mills's electron paramagnetic resonance proof for the existence of molecular molecular hydrino. It's a it's a clean energy, free energy source. A new way to mess around with hydrogen. Well. That, all right. That goes right over my head. Yeah, I, I I mean he did a pretty good job breaking this down, so I'll put it in the show notes for any scientists out there who want to read it. But that's it. And guess what? We're not yeah. gonna be back for until until next month. Until August. And then Yeah. Wow. Yeah. August 1st. And then um, the 26th starts the extravaganza. So that's going to be a that's going to be a much needed week for me, too. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be good. And little Aurora is running. I saw her on your show. It's so cute. Oh, you saw that? Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my gosh. She's like nine. That was nine minutes of heaven. Those those those, that broadcast right there. I just uh, I just I was looking for things to do with her that day. Because we had to go to a friend's house in Monroe, and I was just like, I'm bringing her on. And she obviously, she doesn't know what's going on, but man, oh man. She's like, you're like, you dropped your gavel. <laughs> yes. I would, if, she, if she were a judge, we'd, be all, we'd all be fine. <laughs> She's so we'd cute. We'd all be fine. I would bribe her with Lady and the Tramp. I'd say, you know, if you... Oh, that's what if, you were talking about. That's if, right. I'm not, if I'm not guilty, we can watch Lady and the Tramp, and she'll go, Yes. She's so cute. I can't wait to see her again. Yeah. Very exciting. So, well, you have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Heatwave Val and On Vacation Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back in August. Later. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. 
you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 